Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. When I was just a kid, one of the more exciting things that told me that it was getting close to Christmas time was when my parents would take us to the local store and the sound of bells would be in the air. As soon as you would get out of the car, you could hear that little bell ring. The very next thing you would do as a kid was you'd look at your parents and see if they would give you a quarter. As you walked to the front door, you could see that little red kettle hanging from the hook and you would make a beeline right for it. You would position that quarter just so and drop it through the slot and hear that plunk down into the black hole. The, the bell ringer would look at you with this big smile and say with a grin, thank you. And you would walk off with a little skip in your step. And if you were lucky, Santa Claus would be the one ringing the bell and you could get to see him as well. It, it was just such a cool time to give a, just some pocket change to the bell ringer and, and know that it was going to those that really needed it. I can still remember my dad telling me one time that it was a really good thing to give to the bell ringers each time that you would go to the store as it really did a lot of good and the Salvation Army was just simply a great organization. Later on in my life, as I got older and I became adult, I had the opportunity to actually ring the bell and be that bell ringer. I would take a shift or two and help the needy to uh, be able to, to, to give more than just that quarter was a really good thing. And, and I was the, the one that had the privilege of thanking each and every one that gave of their hard-earned money, no matter how much it was, even to this day. Every time I hear that little bell ring, I would, it would just simply bring a, a smile to my face. And, and I would uh, slip a few dollars into the kettle and, and walk away feeling a lot better. I know someone that when she was a little girl found herself a long way from home. Her, her brother, her single mom found themselves stranded in an unfamiliar state about 1,500 miles away from home. And it was the Salvation Army that helped them get home to where family could help them. This, this is just one of the many reasons that I have donated to them instead of other organizations like Goodwill and things like that. So you can imagine my skepticism when I read that the Salvation Army was going woke. I thought this must be some sort of smear campaign designed to limit donations during this really critical time of the year for them. But as always, I, I say on this podcast, that this podcast is a hunt for the truth. And I was going to do the research and find out if it was true or just simply some big exaggeration. Now, Kenny Wu of this Daily Signal says that the news is full of examples of corporations and institutions going woke from Google to Aunt Jemima. Unfortunately, now the Salvation Army is in danger of joining the ranks of Woke Incorporated in materials prepared for its more than 1.5 million members. The Salvation Army uses terms like um, uh, that, that, that just echo both radical uh, anti-racism jargon and the div divisive teachings of critical race theory, which divides people into two camps, divides them into oppressors or the oppressed. 
And many of this trusted charitable organization's donors and other supporters aren't even aware of this change. Despite being uh, apolitical historically, the Salvation Army has begun to promote political and racial ideologies under the banner of its New York-based International Social Justice Commission. Since the protests and riots over George Floyd's death in the um, in police custody, no, that happened, of course, you know, about what year and a half ago or so now. The International Social Justice Commission works on issues involving human rights and justice, from human traffickers to uh, asylum seekers. But but more recently, the commission launched in 2007 is unhealthily mixing admirable human rights work with politically charged advocacy based. In, in progressive politics. As many Americans know, the Salvation Army, founded in, in London in 1865, believe it or not, is a church organization in an army structure and encompassing officers, soldiers, and, and other volunteers. Collectively, they're called uh, Salvationists. They serve the organization and, and are inspired to perform good deeds on account of their Christian faith. Earlier this year, Brian Peddle, the general and international leader of the Salvation Army, announced an initiative called, quote, Let's Talk About Racism, a curriculum with devotionals, videos, and other materials dedicated to helping Salvationists conduct courageous conversations about racism. Now, Peddle, who is a Canadian, says that in the, the video announcement, this is from February 9th, that the, that the resource would help Salvationists, quote, overcome the damage racism has inflicted upon the world, and yes, the Salvation Army, unquote. Here's, here's the, uh, the, the, the quote, and here is the clip from Brian Peddle. Let's talk about racism, shall we? The Salvation Army International Social Justice Commission is releasing a resource that examines racism through the lens of scripture, church history, and world history, and also guides gracious discussions about overcoming the damage racism has inflicted upon our world, and yes, on our Salvation Army. The resource will be released in the next few weeks as we anticipate having courageous conversations about racism please join me in working toward a world in which all people feel included valued and loved on earth just as they are in heaven may god bless you now did you notice that the video here makes no attempt to back up or explain the bold accusations that racism has damaged the Salvation Army in any significant level. Well, the Salvation Army has a long and storied history in meeting spiritual and physical needs around the world. Many Americans may, um, you know, interact with, with the church only around Christmas time, but its volunteers ring bells in front of the grocery stores, as we've talked about, to attract cash contributions to the red kettles. And the organization also runs 
hundreds of thrift stores and shelters in over 100 countries. Salvationists throughout the world attend church services on Sundays as part of their local chapter, and some shepherd these uh, these congregations. The first goal listed on the website of the Salvation Army International is this, quote, advancement of the Christian religion, unquote. Many can attest to the depth of their faith and, and commitment to evangelism. In many ways, the Salvation Army is a prime example of what it looks like for a, you know, a Christian church to, to be devout in both faith and in deed. But today, the Christian witness of its esteemed internet institution is under threat from within. The Let's Talk About Racism initiative officially rolled out July 7th of this year and is described in five slides that outline the, the larger Christian church's uh, uh, alleged um, com- complacency with, with racism and uh, provide action plans to combat racism through what the initiative calls an anti-racist lens. Now, the resource page provides translations in Spanish and in Portuguese, and, and the leadership of the organization, uh, they, they, they just simply uh, disseminated this, this curriculum via emails and videos and, and, and other presentations throughout its four tutorial um, commanders and, and to field officers and, and poor communities across the United States without much to do uh, other than just simply, you know, they kind of did it under the wire here. Now, the National Review reports in a um, guidebook entitled Let's Talk About Racism, the organization calls Christians to reflect on and um, rectify their their contributions to the social inequities and the prejudicial systems that have harmed minorities. Citing its international position statement on racism, the organization writes that it, quote, acknowledges with regret that salvationists have sometimes shared in the sins of racism and conformed to economic, organizational, and social uh, pressures that perpetuate racism, unquote. An, An accompanying document created by the Salvation Army's International Social Justice Commission called the Study Guide on Racism claims that white people are responsible for unconscious bias, an idea promulgated by CRT advocate Imbermix Kendi. Kendi argues that that white people, their their legendary um, and uh, legacy of racism is irredeemable. And that the only redeem, uh, remedy for for this is reverse discrimination as a matter of retribution and and justice to to level the playing field, so to speak. the The study guide reads the um, the subtle nature of racism is such that people who are not consciously racist easily function with privileges, empowerment, and benefits of the 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 dominant ethnicity. Thus, what this is, is just simply um, injustice to them. Despite their their best intentions and, and commitment against it, the charity claims people can unintentionally and unwittingly perpetuate racial division. 
For instance, devout Christians, and this is their quote, okay? So, quote, for instance, devout Christians who naively use racial epithets or, or a well-intentioned Sunday school curriculum that only uses white f- photography and imagery. This is what the Salvation Army writes in this curriculum. In some aspects, the materials are, are indistinguishable, really, from the anti-racist programs of any multinational corporation or, or the expounding on, of, of critical race theory at a major university, let's say. Let's Talk About Racism accuses white salvationists of being unable or unwilling to acknowledge their racism, just like Robin DiAngelo uh, and, and her, what she argues in her book, White Fragility, that, that whites are, are defensive about racism or race-related issues in general. The Salvation Army Initiative attacks colorblindness on race with the same argument used by Kendi, uh, the author of that book, How to Be an Anti-Racist, which is, the, is, is to characterize it as a false neutrality that reveals a person's, person's inner racism. If, if you think that, that uh, you know, we should be colorblind, then you are definitely racist, in other words. Well, the initiative also includes definitions of uh, institutional racism, systemic racism, and, and whiteness that identify real or um, perceived differences in life outcomes. So in other words, they, go, they get into the whole equity versus equality type of thing. Um, as, as such, the materials starkly resemble the racial anti-racist programs such as Coca-Cola's you know, Be Less White program or the Smithsonian's Institution's own anti-racism, anti-racism materials. The, the Salvation Army's materials include sections on police brutality, health care, and, and black unemployment that, that assign blame to racism and, and radical inequity. This, this race-based lens informs the curriculum's explanation of, of uh, related statistics stating that the disparities are an, uh, evidence of, of deep-rooted structural racism while betraying salvationist historical commitment to, to staying out of partisan politics. According to, to its official manual, and, and the official manual is entitled Chosen to be a Soldier, the Salvation Army doesn't get involved in par- partisan politics or political fads of the day. The Let's Talk About Racism document flirts, at, at the very least, with accusing the Salvation Army itself of being you know, complicit in, in system, systematic racism. For example, while mentioning the organization's progressive view of the subject, it asserts there is little doubt as to whether racism has impacted the Salvation Army in policy or practice. One study uh, question asks, how would the Salvation Army at the corporate level be strengthened by taking an active stance on radical equity and unity? This question implies that the church so far has been passive and, and complicit. And, and, and notice that it uses the word equity instead of equality. If you want to get into more of that, we've done a podcast on that, and it really is a, an interesting um, use of the words. They, they, they replace 
uh, equality with equity. And in, in a nutshell, it's just basically that, that uh, with equality, you're saying that everybody has the same level of opportunity. With equity, you say, well, if somebody, if one particular skin color is 18% of the population and they're not 18% of a certain corporation, then obviously there's racism. And that just doesn't correlate. Now, the, the biggest attack on salvationists, however, is an admonition that they repent and offer a sincere apology for racism. In, this, in section four, called Describe and Plan, How Then Shall We Live?, the author tells members that the need to receive a sincere apology is necessary. Please take time to write out or think about how you can repent and apologize, they write. Another study question asks, who are those who deserve an apology? Those who need to give an apology. This lesson never outright says it, but everything else in the document suggests that the non-black salvationists need to apologize to blacks. The same section cites that many things the black community in America continues to to grieve about and experience from police brutality to discrimination in healthcare to mass incarceration. They're, they're, they're putting that in the, in the label of racism. Here's the difference. A salvationist may be sorrowful for the history of racism in America without having to repent for it. Repentance implies that you, the repenter, have done something wrong. And, f- and faithful salvationists are overwhelmingly unlikely to be the ones in need of repenting and apologizing for racism in, in, in the first place. The document's authors cite zero primary evidence of systemic failure on Salvation Army's part on the subject of race and racism. As, the, as a basis for this damning claim, the only quote one, one retired officer um, where he recalls that a fellow Salvation Army ca- cadet, quote, had a doll hanging in his room that he called by my name, unquote. Today's so-called anti-racists like to gain power by, by goading and guilting white people into uh, admitting shame for crimes that they didn't even commit. Nicole Hannah-Jones, founder of the New York Times debunked 1619 Project, calls slavery America's original sin, implying the need to repent. Some in the Black Lives Matter movement also have goaded whites into kneeling and asking for forgiveness from the uh, black community for racism. Self-styled anti-racists have have seen some success with the Christian organizations by demanding apologies for racism. Chick-fil-A uh, CEO Dan Cathy recently asked his employees to quote have an apathetic heart on racism. The Salvation Army is is caving to the same grandstanding. Yet in practice, the Salvation Army confronted racism aggressively long before the rest of America, and and the church should be proud of it. In in 1898, at least five decades before the U.S. Civil Rights Movement, the organization's uh, orders of uh, regulations for social officers stated clearly that, quote, none shall be disbarred from any of its benefits because they are 
of a particular nationality, race, or color, unquote. The Salvation Army has been a leader in appointing black Americans to national leadership positions. Among them was Israel uh, uh, Gaither, a former national commander who um, d- definitely has, has spoken out uh, uh, and, and, and been just a, a stalwart when it came to African-American um, relations. And it's, it's just the, the organization was a trailblazer on racial uh, equality. Yet these documents directed at members at at best misrepresent the Salvation Army as weak on confronting issues of race throughout its history. The misrepresentation only will inflame tensions rather than offer hope for racial healing. The action steps presented in Let's Talk About Racism are similarly unlikely to create real racial reconciliation. They call on white culture to quit denying racism and admit its responsibility for racism. They call upon whites to quit trying to be colorblind on race. Finally, the the action steps encourage whites to read books such as D'Angelo's White Fragility and and Kendi's How to Be an Anarchist. Or anarchist, yeah, well, that that too, anti-racist. And, and they, don't, they don't provide other reading materials that would provide a better understanding of racism. Ordinarily, Americans increasingly are, are tired of being accused of racism simply for existing. A, a 2018 poll by the Public Religion Research Institute found that 83% of Americans agree that the nation is somewhat or very divided by race and ethnicity. Racially diverse woke initiatives, of course, are a strong reason why. But many are are scared to speak out against such initiatives. For the the typical American, the the social, even financial pressure to conform to anti-racist directives can be overwhelming. The, The case appears to be particularly dire within the Salvation Army. Uh, Yet after countless hours of charity work over the past century and a half, it has one of the cleanest historical records of any major organization. The vast majority of Salvationists uh, alive today played no role in advancing any historical racism that that parts with the the wider Christian church in, in America um, that, that they may have sanctioned at one time even. And although reflection on individuals' past sins related to, to race within the Christian church is a good thing, repenting individually for church's past sins on race goes way too far. It unfair, unfairly characterizes the history of the Christian church as racist. And when the, the faith actually built Organizations such as the Salvation Army to assist people in all races. The, to state the obvious, these new admonitions from the Salvation uh, Army stop trying to be colorblind are unnecessary. The gospel itself is colorblind. As, as the Bible says in Galatians 3.28, there is no longer Greek nor Jew. There is no longer slave nor free. 
There is no longer male and female, for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. The entire point of the faith at the, at the root of the Salvation Army is that Jesus Christ came to save all of humanity, showing no favoritism to any race or group. Faithful salvationists recognize this. And despite what the church's International Social Justice Commission says, ordinary members of the Salvation Army are committed to a colorblind perspective, and admirably so. Salvationists have begun to speak out about the Salvation Army's apparent shift in, dire- in direction. A petition recently organized by Color Us United, an organization that is doing some really good in the, uh, things in this area, and, and, and it's, it's uh, uh, written, uh, with, one of the writers of it is a, is a Salvation Army captain. Um, so far, uh, they have attracted 5,000 signatures from members and longtime donors who oppose this woke script. Now, fundamentally, international racism, uh, you know, uh, racial division conflicts with core message of, of the Salvation Army. And, and, and the stakes here are incredibly high. The Salvation Army has done an incredible amount of good since its inception. The, the decent um, and, and, and the descent into wokeness threatens its Christian witness, and incredibly so. As Benjamin Franklin said, he said, quote, it takes many good deeds to build a good reputation and only one bad one to lose it. Ordinary Americans, including Salvationists, don't want their communities to be divided on the basis of race. They don't want to be compelled to apologize for sins in which they played no part. So much good work remains to be done. The Salvation Army should reject the modern secular temptation of of caving to wokeness. If if this worthy organization is to protect itself and continue providing for those in spiritual and physical need. The Salvation Army actually issued on, on Thanksgiving Day a statement responding to as they put it, false claims about racism. And this is what they said, and you can determine if it's true. Recently, some individuals, this is their their statement, recently some individuals and groups have attempted to mislabel our organization to serve their own agendas. This statement read, they have made outrageous claims that we believe our donors should apologize for their own racism, that the Salvation Army believes America is an inherently racist society and that the our organization has abandoned its beliefs for one ideological uh, ideology or another this is their statement in fact an online petition is asking supporters to stand against the insertion of politically charged racial ideologies into the salvation army's good work here's what they have to say in, in conclusion they say those claims are false and they distort the very goal of our work. <laughs> I don't know how they can say that. I don't know how they can put that out there. Toward the end of its guide, the organization uh, presents a, a, even a glossary of just terms that are just woke terms and, 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 and racial type terms that are all from CRT and this type of thing. Taking from, from this extensive vocabulary, one, one lesson in the brochure informs that structural racism is the overreaching system 
of racial bias across institutions and society. So how can they say that? The organization also uh, advocates against the philosophy of, of Martin Luther King Jr. And, and, and the concept of colorblindness, which long served to promote equality uh, from opportunity, uh, uh, of opportunity and, and end discrimination on the basis of race. Uh, Newsmax reported that some longtime donors of the Salvation Army are withdrawing support due to a woke initiative uh, with the church and, and, and the charitable organization. Uh, Christian uh, uh, apologist and radio talk show host, um, his name is Greg Kukul, uh, recently wrote a letter to the Salvation Army informing them that he was terminating his monthly donations due to the initiative by the Salvation Army International Social Justice Commission. He, this is what he said. He said, there is a massive number of academics who have raised the alarm against the aggressive indoctrination and, frankly, bullying of CRT, not to mention the radical essentialism inherent in the view, the false witness it bears against virtuous, virtuous people and the general destruction it continues to wreak on race relations in this country. And he concluded with CRT has set us back 50 years. Now, if you want to read the PDF of the material promoted by the Salvation Army, you can do so. Um, I'm going to go ahead and put a link to it. Uh, and it, it, it's actually linking to Greg uh, Kokel's uh, website uh, about in the About This Episode section of this podcast. So you can go right to it. Um, Americans last year gave more charitable donations to the United Way Worldwide and the Salvation Army than any other nonprofit focusing on direct aid. The Associated Press reported that the uh, Salvation Army raised $1.8 billion in 2020, an increase of 31% from the previous year. We We will have to see how much of a hit this organization will take because of their dive into political wokeness. Now, you may agree with me, you may disagree, would love to hear from you on this. And of course, you can always do that at UncommonSensePodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.